I want to welcome everyone to this Agape Christian Fellowship meeting. We're here today to receive wisdom from God. Today, the Lord has asked me to talk to you about a very special topic. He wants me to talk to you about what it means to be his bride. Now, this message comes at a particular time with agape. See, the Lord has had us on this journey through the book of Revelation. And next week, well, this week, I was supposed to be talking about his church and the churches in Revelation. I had already written the message, but the Lord said, no, today, before you talk about the church, I want you to talk to them about what it means to be my bride. Well, that is my, the church, his church upon this earth. So let's today hear what our beloved would say to us. When Jesus refers to us as his bride, it is more than just a title. Yes, it does mean that we are engaged to the king, that one day we will be part of the royal family as his bride, his partner in all ways. But the term bride means so much more than that. When he calls you his bride, it's about how he feels about you. Yes, Jesus has feelings. He has deep emotions concerning you. If you were engaged to somebody here on the earth, you would have feelings for them. Likewise, his feelings for you are pure and beautiful. Here's a story you may have heard before, some of you, but I'm going to give it to you again and, and remind you of how the Lord showed me how he feels, not only about me, but he made it clear, as Sandra saying, he brought me into the secret place and he told me that this was for not only his bride, to pay close attention, that this is for you, for every person, even those who do not know that they are the bride of Christ, that they are loved by God. So it happened one day when I was listening to a waltz-like tune that was not yet sold in stores. It never has been sold. And it says, the song says, you're my one desire, you're my one thirst. More than anything, I seek you first. As I raised my hands and closed my eyes and just focused on how much I loved Jesus. All of a sudden, I saw myself dancing with the Lord. Now, his features were indistinct, not really much more than polis mist, you know, like white, whiteness that had been, you know, was outlining a person. Nonetheless, I knew exactly who it was. My right hand dropped slightly while my left came up as I mimicked the position in the vision of us dancing together. It seemed very natural for my feet to follow the path that I was on with as we danced in the vision. We waltzed together towards the thought that really was not mine, entered into my mind. He said, this is our song. Well, I thought about those words for a few minutes. And then I said, Lord, this song is about how much I need you, how much I love you. Why is it our song? He said very clearly, very strongly, before you knew me, 
this is how much I wanted you. Emotion came along with the words. I felt a longing that resembles, you know, that first teenage crush, that, that feeling you have for somebody where wherever you go, you look around to see if they're close by so that maybe you can catch their eye and exchange a smile. Remember those feelings? <laughs> that very first innocent love? That is how the Lord feels towards you. It wasn't me. It was before I ever knew him. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he feels towards you. He's just been waiting, waiting for you to turn towards him, for you to lock eyes with him for a chance at a smile. The realness of these feelings, the overwhelming power of them was too much. I com was completely undone and I collapsed putting my head on the chair in front of me and my shoulders shook as I just sobbed. <laughs> it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to feel that emotion. The Lord has told me that he wants to show this to each and every one of you. He wants to show you this love. He wants you to experience it. He wants to visit with you face to face, just as he did with me, was with my eyes closed and a vision playing out before my eyes. This is a private place in the spiritual realm. It's called the secret place in the word of God. It's the tent of God. And it's a place he's created for you to visit with God as Abba, Father. That's how what Sandra was singing, Daddy, Papa whatever word you would call your dad when you were five. You would visit with Jesus as your beloved and Holy Spirit as your best friend. There are many, many scriptures to verify that this is God's will now in this lifetime. They are given in the Secret Place course, which will be launching soon at the Academy. And it's also a brief description is given in the roadmap to heaven. It's a book about how to enter into the secret place, and that's free at our website as well. The Academy is free too, so I'm not trying to sell you something here. I'm trying to get you connected with the one who loves you, loves you so very much. So much that last week when I was visiting with him, he revealed one of the most common reasons why his bride is not meeting with him face to face the reason why they aren't coming into the secret place. Now, as is usual in my life, he did this by revealing the dysfunction within myself. So I'm gonna share that with you today. You see, it was over a year ago that Jesus asked me to visit with him in the secret place every day. He said, come, you are now abiding in the secret place. Come visit with me every day. I've been doing so for over a year. The Lord has revealed so much about heaven and his great love for us. You would think that I would confidently run in to visit him each and every day without pause or doubt. <laughs> that is usually true for several months. Then, for no reason that I can name, no reason I can put my finger on, I would lose confidence. Thoughts would plague my mind. Oh, he's the king of kings, like he's just waiting for you to come see him. Or sometimes just simply, does he really want me to see him every day? You know? <laughs> so, you know, these thoughts would come in and it's silly. Here I am, been invited by the king, been doing it, but why? Why did I go round and round? How come this doubt kept coming back? One day, last week, I had a dream. It was this, a dream with a particular theme I've had many times over the years. Once again, I was back in high school. That was for you outside of the US, that'd be secondary school. 
And there was a boy who was soundly rejecting me. Emotional pain in my, wrecked my body. It came against me so hard, my heart hurt. And it pounded so strongly that I woke up. I thought to myself, why does this keep happening? I'm a happily married woman for 20 some odd years now. More importantly, I know Jesus loves me. Why? Why am I having this emotional, you know, pain and, and connection to this rejection? The quiet voice of the Holy Spirit interrupted my tirade of thoughts. Ah, he said, it's a generational curse. He brought to my memory the fact that I had spoken with a family member a few days ago, whom I know the Lord has been freeing from a spirit of rejection. I could see it in her life, and I knew the Lord was helping her with it and would be freeing her from it. I did not recognize it in my own. I said, spirit of rejection? Instantly, a particularly painful childhood memory came to mind. I thought I'd gotten over that memory, that, that incident years ago. I'd forgiven everyone involved. But now as the Holy Spirit showed it to me, I realized that there was a wound in my soul. And it was allowing the enemy to successfully attack me over and over again. When we are in situations that are physically or emotionally painful, a wound can develop in our soul. That's our mind, our will, and our emotions. This type of wound is sometimes referred to as a stronghold. It's one of many types of strongholds. And it's be, it gets that name because it allows a demon an easy place, a stronghold, a fortress inside you that gives him easy, easy access to your mind and your emotions where they can push buttons, causing you to act and think in things in ways you don't want to. In my case, I had every desire to meet with the Lord. I had every reason to believe he wanted to meet with me, but something inside me kept insisting it wasn't, I wasn't good enough to deserve it. That was that stronghold, that wound, that allowed the enemy to poke at me and cause this doubt. Well, praise God that Jesus is the healer of the brokenhearted. In Luke chapter four, verse 18, and this is also in Isaiah 61.1, it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. In that scripture, there are actually two words that are translated brokenhearted. One word is shaver. It is more than broken. It is shattered. Then we have lave, which in this case, it refers to our heart, our soul, our mind, and it means our mind, our will, our, our, our thinking, our knowledge, our memory, our inclination, a resolution, determination, emotions, and passions. All of those things is what hearted means. The word hearted mean, means our soul our mind, our knowledge, our thinking, reflection, memory, inclination, resolution, determination, emotions, and passions. The Lord healed or bound up the shattered souls of those who sought him, those who were being tortured in this way, who had been hurt in this way. In the academy, the Courts of Heaven Academy, you learn about soul ties and trauma that can harm our souls. These give the enemy easy access to us where we can be manipulated or distracted by him. 
Notice that our thinking memory and our, even our resolution, our will, our ability to say no and our emotions can be affected along with our ability to retain knowledge. Our wonderful Lord desires to heal your broken heart. That is the message he sent me to bring today. If you are willing to seek him, he is willing to heal you. Remember, when he was on this earth, people sought him out and he healed them. Are you seeking for Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, our Lord? So after all this was revealed to me, did a quick prayer for soul healing. The difference has been remarkable. My heart soared immediately with love. It was like a barrier had been broken. I was able to enter into the secret place so much easier then and now. This is why he said you would need, his bride needs this healing it can hinder you sometimes. Some people, it may be hindering them from meeting with him in the secret place. Now, there are too many types of soul wounds to list them all. But often, they will result in some sort of fear of men or fear of man, mankind, man being mankind. You see, Whenever there's that emotional trauma, a wound can occur. And there is no shortage of ways that humankind hurts each other. And what it can do is it can result in a stronghold and that stronghold of fear inside you. It can make you feel like you're afraid that you are not good enough. This, this fear of not being good enough can apply to our spouse, our kids, or anyone that we interact with frequently. It can especially pertain to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We never feel like we deserve their love. We're not good enough. As a result of this, some people will hide often in video games or some sort of game where they can easily succeed in goals. So here are some easy ways to pinpoint this soul wound. Now, it doesn't mean everyone ha has this way of coping, this method of coping, but it is one way of coping. There can be many others. Now, another sign that you may have a type of wound, a soul wound, is that we are afraid of rejection. Now, just saying we are afraid of rejection, that can be hard to identify. What does that mean? Remember, in my dream, I was being rejected and it was very painful. I did not know I had a fear of rejection. Well, here's how that can look. A few of the things that may apply. We make excuses not to approach people. We reject others before we can be rejected. We cannot rest in Jesus because we feel God will reject us if we rest, if, we, if we're not working, if we're not busy. Also, some people may hide in activities upon this earth so that they cannot be rejected by others. This may be TVs, books, magazines. When you avoid that social interaction, when you hide in the things that cannot reject you, a TV show or movies cannot reject you, books cannot reject you. You're getting your interaction through safe way. Now, Sometimes when there's a stronghold of fear because of a soul wound, we
we can become very afraid of disappointing people. This can be children, spouses, any bosses, anyone in your life. Because of this, we overcommit ourselves. Or overextend ourselves. We can also hide our failures when we're afraid of disappointing others because we've been wounded in the past. It causes us to hide our failures when we've messed up. We can hide our failures by talking about what we did well instead of a confessing that we did wrong and that we failed. We can change the topic quickly and try and gloss over it. We can also you know, claim that others are worse than us. Here's an example. If you have teenagers, have you ever seen one, you know, say something like, oh, yeah, you know, I got a D on that, on that test, but gosh, you know, 75% of the class also got Ds or, or worse, you know, so, so in, in reality, I didn't do that bad. Oh, but yeah, and, and, you know, two weeks ago, I got that A on that major project. So this isn't going to matter much. You see how now you're changing topics, right? <laughs> and you, you hit all three things there. You, you talked about what you did well. You changed the topic and showed others were worse. And again, afraid of disappointing others will cause you, may cause you to avoid social situations. It may cause you as we said, to overcommit and overextend yourselves. Now, not all the items in any one of these types of fear behavior will apply to you. And not having one of these does not mean you are not wounded somewhere. This is just one of the small categories, one of the small ways that it may appear that the Lord wanted me to share with you today. I think because all of these have to do with social interactions and because these are the ones that would hinder you from entering into the secret place. You see, they're all, uh, now that I'm looking back on them, I didn't realize this until just now, but they're all things that would talk about interaction with someone and it affects how we interact with the Lord. And our Lord doesn't want you to miss experiencing the love that he has for you now. He doesn't want you miss missing meeting with him now. A wound like this can cause you to doubt his desire to visit with you. There are some other clues which may indicate you have a wounded soul. As I said before, reoccurring themes in a dream are a big indication that there's emotional impact. There's either a problem you're not addressing or if in the dream you have a, a you always have this dream, uh, you know, a type of dream and it always has that same emotional impact and you wake up, you know, either terrified or, or crying, some kind of emotion, that might be an indication that there's a soul wound the Holy Spirit is trying to point out. Also, repeated behavior that you know is wrong. You want to stop, but you can't seem to quit doing it. That could be the cause, the soul wound could be a cause behind that. Any type of sinful behavior you genuinely want to stop may have a soul wound as a trigger point that the enemy can push on and it can push on it and make it very hard to resist. You're always having to battle that one behavior. He does that to distract you and derail you from your destiny. Our Lord died so that we could be free of this kind of bondage, of this kind of, of captivity from the enemy. In Romans 6, verse 17 and 18, it says, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin became obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. 
and having been set free from sin, have become, have become slaves to righteousness. So it says, you that were once slaves to sin. Because of what our Lord has done, we are no longer bound or enslaved, meaning we cannot resist that sin. We can stop sinning because our Lord has paid the price for us to be set free. It was through his blood. That's the reason he had to go to the cross. We're going to talk about that next. But first, be assured. Holy Spirit, he is your counselor, your friend, your guide. If there is something that is pushing you into wrong behavior, he can help you find out what it is. You will not be a slave to sin any longer. Now, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is all-powerful, but we must choose who has power over our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions. So now let's talk about freeing your soul and your mind. See, no longer was I set free and I had to run downstairs that day and tell my daughter about it. Then... It was revealed that the enemy had blocked us from receiving this healing, that healing that I did with the Lord. There was a situation with my daughter. You see, it happened like this. As I told her about the freedom I recently found, I asked, is it possible that something like this is the reason that you've been hiding in your room so much. She kind of shrugged and well, yeah, and said, well, something does feel a little off, maybe. <laughs> and I said, well, let's ask the Holy Spirit. He'll let us know if there's something that needs to be taken care of. So we did a prayer and I asked the Holy Spirit to reveal to her any memories, anything that was causing her to hide in her room. She said, all I get are these glitchy scenes. It's like there's lines running through them. I can't make out what I'm seeing. When I asked the Holy Spirit why this was happening, I asked him to clear it up. All of a sudden, she got a headache. <laughs> well, this, you know, this didn't happen swiftly. I had to pause and, and I had to look to Holy Spirit and say, what is going on here? You know, this is kind of weird. And why is there something that can block you? You know, and um, because my daughter had been giving given a very keen gift of discernment, she can take an object and focus on it and ask the Holy Spirit for discernment. And if it's defiled, she'll get a headache. Sometimes there's a few other symptoms that happened as well, but the main one is the headache. So I. So swiftly, the Holy Spirit brought, reminded me of this. And I went, oh, so you're saying that there's a spirit blocking her. She's getting the discernment of a spirit when we ask what's wrong. Okay, so now we're on the path. Okay, there's a spirit blocking her from receiving from the Holy Spirit what's wrong. It turns out, you know, a few more steps like this, one little baby step at a time, asking the Holy Spirit, talking with her, that my daughter had given in to focusing on worldly entertainment, TVs, YouTube, nothing, you know, particularly sinful. And she had given over her imagination, spending time daydreaming, you know, kid, kid stuff. And this was a coping method that she was using for a situation she didn't want to deal with. She'd been doing this for like a couple months. Now, these actions weren't sinful, but they were in response, in, the, um, in response to the prompting of another spirit, a demonic spirit. And because she responded to the pushing, the prodding, then that spirit was given a place to operate in her mind. 
And now when we ask the Holy Spirit to do something, that other spirit could say, nope, I'm in control here. She's given that part over to me by her actions. That's what had happened. In Romans 6, verse 16, it says, Know you not that whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. You obey, obey another spirit telling you to do something out of a fear response. See, she was afraid to deal with the problem. She was afraid to talk to her dad and I about wanting to change majors. Nothing big, but it was big enough. See, the other spirit put that sense of fear on her. And out of that fear, she hid. So you have to ask yourself, is there something consuming your time? Is there something that you're hiding from? Or something that you're pushed into that's outside of God's will for your life? Something like this is happening. You may have given a place to a demonic spirit over and over again, and it'll gain influence over you. And it may prevent you from being healed in your soul because you can't have the help of the Holy Spirit to find out what's bothering you. She literally couldn't remember what she did the day before. That was the weird part. She, she tried to remember what she did the day before, and she's like, all I get is fuzziness. I don't understand. So participate. So that's just one way, just one of the ways that you can give a spirit a place. Now, most of us should know as a Christian that participating in sin actually brings a negative spiritual influence up to a whole nother level. Okay, so there is the responding to the promptings of a spirit in a non-sinful way, but then there's just participating in something you know is wrong. Okay, Isaiah 59, 2 says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Ah, look at that. <laughs> we, if we continue in sin, God hides his face from us. If we knowingly, continually continue on in breaking the Ten Commandments. This may cause us to lose our connection with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I know the Ten Commandments are in the Old Testament, but guess what? Paul speaks about this to his fellow Israelites in the New Testament after Jesus rose. Hebrews 10, 26 says, For we are, if we go on deliberately and willfully sinning, after once acquiring the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice left to atone for our sins. No further offering to which to look forward. Now, this was directed at, he, at, at Paul's Hebrew brothers who would deliberately sin and were rejecting Jesus and saying, oh, we'll just continue our sacrifices and everything will be okay but it still applies to us if we are deliberately and willfully sinning, there's going to be consequences. Remember, God is the same. Jesus is our Passover lamb. That's what he's called. He died on Passover. The Hebrews had a Passover lamb, that lamb that was sacrificed for their sin. And after they continued to sin and sin and sin, consequences came. The same for us. There may be consequences in this life if we continue to intentionally sin. It will separate us from God and it will keep us from hearing the Holy Spirit. Our eyes will become dull. Our ears will be stopped up. So now we can add to this list of things that may keep us from hearing from our counselor that even following actions that are not sin prompted by another spirit, a spirit of fear, this may also give Satan's minions, demons, a way to hinder us. In the case of my daughter, now she had to remove this stronghold from her thoughts before any progress could be made. 
I'm going to take you through those steps very briefly so that you'll know for sure, for sure how to remove it. Now, this can apply if you've int intentionally sinned or if you've done it unintentionally. You always have to confess. She confessed she had listened to another spirit by using, using worldly actions as comfort instead of seeking God to deal with it. She responded to fear. She stated that she had no desire to follow any spirit but the Holy Spirit. She confessed that her ancestors were also guilty of this. She, she stated her desire to turn from listening to any spirit and from ever using these activities as comfort again. Included in this is asking the Holy Spirit to help her identify when another spirit is influencing her. Next thing she did was she covered these sins with the blood of Jesus. Then she thanked Jesus for contending for her in the courts of heaven and asked him to remove any cases where the blood had blotted out the sins. Then she renounced the spirit. And she asked Jesus to cleanse her mind and her soul with his blood. These were the steps. They're the basic steps for removing any spiritual influence. So if you've committed a sin that you know is against the ways of God, if you're you know, living with somebody outside of marriage, there's sex, drugs, and what was it, rock and roll? But rock and roll is not a sin. <laughs> you know that old saying. So if, you, if you've done any of these hard things, look at the 10 commandments, go and review them. Ask the Holy Spirit if they apply to you in your life. If you've been committing any of these, ask forgiveness. Do it this way. It's very easy. Jesus paid the price, but we have to appropriate his blood. We have, it says in the New Testament, we have to confess our sins. Then he is faithful to forgive us. So now it's time for research. Look at, the, at God's word. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. And let them know you want to be free. Now, if you are under a hard influence like she was, it, it can be very difficult to spot. One of the job jobs of the demons assigned to us is to keep us from being productive for the kingdom of heaven. So if you keep this in mind, it will help you to spot their influence as you look for patterns in your life. You have to examine your life. The New Testament says we examine ourselves. Okay, so examine your life. And here's a few questions to ponder to see if you're under a hindrance. Is there something that you cannot do without? You, you feel like you need it to comfort you. It can be anything from a pet to a type of food to movies working out. If you have to have this to feel good, that you just can't do without it, there may be a prompting by another spirit. Do you feel the need for something to get you started for the day? Now, this is something that you can't, again, can't do without, but you, these are all under the heading of can't do without. You can't do without this to get your day started. This can be coffee, energy drink, or even tea. If you say, I can't get out of bed with my fur without having a cup of tea. What? No, no, no. Your day isn't started by a cup of tea. Your day is started by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so none of these things are sin. Drinking coffee, energy drinks, and tea. None of that is a sin. Needing them to function, even if you're just joking, is not Good. If you don't know why, even if you're not joking, this is bad to say, start the academy immediately. <laughs> it's a free school online. It'll tell you why you're putting yourself in the hands of something not good by the words that you're speaking. Okay. Um, here's another one. Here's another category of can't do without. Okay. Do you need something to sleep every single night? In order to get a restful night's re sleep, do you need wine, a beer, sleeping aids of some sort, whether they be pills or something else? 
Now, a wine or a glass of wine or beer on occasional occasion is not sin. Remember, Paul told Tim to have a Timothy. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> I told Timothy to have a cup uh, or a glass of wine with his dinner. So, wine, beer, and sleeping aids these are not sin. But if you need them for more than three to four days in a row, there may be a spirit influencing you. There may be something going on. There may be some sort of, of something in your life that needs to be taken care of. Jesus paid for you to be free. You shouldn't need anything but him. Remember, the word of God tells us that God gives his beloved sweet rest. That it is vain to stay up late at night and to wake early in the morning. God gives you sweet dreams. That's what the word of God says concerning sleep. Now, the last thing to consider, this is a whole new category now, category two. <laughs> Are you in hiding? My daughter was in hiding all her free time. I mean, I probably only saw her. She would take her dinner up to her room most days. I probably saw her two hours in a week and we live in the same house. Okay, so is most of your free time focused on entertainment? Especially when you are facing an unpleasant dilemma. You have a tendency to go run and bury yourself in, in something fun. Are you avoiding interaction with people? Or maybe just certain people? Especially those of you who are close to, is there something you don't want to deal with? Finally, you find it hard to worship or spend time with God. Does it feel like a chore? Does it feel hard to connect? That may be an indication of either A, being in hiding, or B, having a soul wound. These are just a few of some common examples. They're not the only things, but there are, these are just a few examples to kind of get your mind going to examine your life and say, hey, I think I got a problem. Okay, look for re reoccurring situations you can pinpoint all throughout your life that are not, that do not bring good results. They only make things worse. If there are situations that are reoccurring, getting negative results, it may very well be the, the enemy pushing you or nudging you into them. It could actually be a spirit sitting on your shoulder, yeah, you know, <laughs> hanging around, that pushing you into them over and over again to get a bigger place in your life, a bigger chunk of real estate in your mind. Ask the Holy Spirit, cry out for mercy and say, Lord, grant me mercy. Just reveal to me if there's any of these things. I want to connect to your spirit, not any other. God is so full of mercy. The word of God says that the blood of Jesus cried out from the ground for mercy. Oh, I stand in agreement with that cry for mercy right now, Lord. For each and every person who is listening, Lord, I cry out for mercy. Anyone who reads this article later, who watches this video, who's watching now, Lord, grant them mercy if they cry out to you. If they want to connect with your spirit and not another spirit, Lord, let them know. Let them know if there's been an influence. Help them, guide them with gentle nudges. Help them and guide them in whichever way is best. That is what I ask today. That is the Lord's will for today. Okay, healing the brokenhearted. This is the Lord's will, but the first step is the preparation is what we've discussed. Are you in hiding? You have to come out of that hiding. Are you intentionally sinning? Are you, you know, committing something that's a, a sin and you know it, that's intentionally sinning. All of those things have to be cleared up. Then we can get on to healing the brokenhearted. My original intent, intent, I told Lydia about it. I told other people about it. I might even have announced it on Facebook. <laughs> I, was, I was all ready. I thought our Lord is so great and so big. 
he uh, he said he wanted to heal the wounded souls of his bride. I thought corporate prayer. Yes, let's do this and get this done in this meeting. I began to write this message and the Lord pulled me up short. You don't even want to know how haywire my life went, all the little things that happened, but it was extremely clear that I was wandering off the path. You said, you know, he said he wanted to heal the wounds of his bride, meaning soul wounds. This is different from healing all the wounded souls right now, all at once in corporate prayer. This is presumptuous to think without asking. Many have done it before. And I was going down the wrong path. The more I prayed about it, the clearer it became. There are many kinds of wounds to our soul. There are actions that we've described here that may be blocking you from receiving from the starting point. Some people's spirits can be in hiding, not in just the way I described, but even a, a deeper hiding, which takes even a one-on-one -on -one prayer. So there's all kinds of things that could keep you from connecting with the Holy Spirit. And also, it can be quite an emotional experience. When the Lord heals your broken heart, it deals with memories of the past, wounds. He takes you there and heals them. The time it takes to deal with it, what has to be done in each situation can be very unique. So he wants to do this for you one-on-one. -on -one. A corporate prayer will not be effective to heal soul wounds. For this reason, here is what the Lord is asking us to do. Agape Christian Fellowship will now allow for appointments for soul healing. These are just you and, and us. We have elders, we have seers, team members who will come. For those who have completed the soul healing course, they'll be, well, no, I will ask the Lord who can come. I think these are private. I think these are just you, us, and seers and possibly seers in training because these are very private moments with the Lord. He doesn't want it to be a public spectacle. So we will have appointments now. I've already completed on the website. I've launched it. You can go there now and schedule. If you have completed the 301 course, Your Soul, you see there's a couple of regulations the Lord had me. He said, nope. He said they'll be ready for healing of their soul once they have completed 301.5. The, the, it's called Your Soul. It's the class. Um, because there's a bunch of things before that which may actually hinder you, that which may actually block you from receiving. The Courts of Heaven Academy isn't just about the Courts of Heaven. It's about what keeps God's children bound more often than not. So there may be some things you've walked into that you need to get shake free of. Those first two courses are just about that. So you will need to complete 101 foundations, 201 remaining free, and then 101 um, all the way up to five in receiving charges. Then you schedule your visit. Now we have tons of graduates. If you're a graduate, a team member, you can schedule on your, your pages there at the Agape website. That's agape-cf.org. Go ahead and schedule for soul healing. Remember the class 301-5, your soul, it goes through the prayer for soul healing. It goes into such depth about what, how a soul can be wounded, why it can be wounded, all the different. So it's much more in depth than what we've done here today. That's why we want you to go through that class too. So if you've come that far in the academy, make an appointment. I would do it sooner rather than later because we're likely to be booked out for three weeks or more. There's only six appointments available each and every week. So um, to make your appointments, you know, all the appointments are always free and our team does it out of the love of the Lord. That's the why we have the academy. That's why the academy is free. That's why the appointments are free. It's because it's our Lord who loves you and it's his love 
that we're showing to you through the time and dedication to these appointments. Now, how do you know if you need an appointment for being healed of a broken heart? There are some clear signs to look for besides what we've already discussed. Here's just a, a few little heads up, okay? If you have inappropriate emotional responses, category one, inappropriate emotional responses, you may have a wounded soul. So this includes emotions which impact your physical body in dreams with a reoccurring theme. It includes too much emotion, uncontrollable tears, crying, yelling, hitting, throwing things in all kinds of situations. If you have too little emotions, you feel dead inside, disconnected, you, you can't connect to anything especially if you have a hard time connecting to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is a sure sign you need some help. Uncontrollable sin. Yes, there is such a thing as the devil made me do it. I know that was a whole snafu back in the 70s, but okay. There is a thing where the enemy can push buttons and make it super hard for you not to sin. Sometimes you, act, you sin and then you realize, oh my gosh, what did I do? Okay, if that's you, <laughs> you know your actions are wrong. You genuinely confess they are wrong. You could genuinely want to stop, but you can't seem to stop. You may have a soul wound, a place that the enemy has stronghold that needs to be taken care of. Also, the Lord just added this one in, an inability to worship. You cannot connect to the Lord and to understand what worship is, that the Roadmap to Heaven talks about worship and communing with the Lord. If you don't seem to be able to connect with him in, in his love for you in worship, that could be a symptom of a soul wound. Let us know if you're experiencing any of these. We want you to go through the first two courses of the academy. You are seeking the Lord. You're seeking his wisdom and his ways. And we're going to teach you some things that we found in affect the Christians 90% of the time. Those first two courses in the academy are things that have caused the enemy to be able to come into the lives of Christians more often than, than not. We found this through charges in the courts of heaven, more than 2,000 visits. We see these things over and over, and we realized, oh, well, people need to know this. <laughs> so that's what those first two courses are about. Let's get you straight. And then the Lord wants to heal your wounded soul so you can meet with him in the secret place. He wants to visit with his bride. He wants you to feel the fullness of his overwhelming love for him. You may not ever see any, a vision if that's not a gift he gives to you, but he wants you to feel the love. He wants you to know the love. That is why he's asking our team to put in extra hours to open up our schedule to do this for you. One-on-one, -on -one, well, one on, there might be one leader and a few people helping out because he wants his bride. He wants us to be with him in so many ways. I hope that this meeting today has helped you in some way. Hope it, it helped you to understand the Lord and what he wants for you and how much he loves you. Now, we are going to finish today with communion. He asked me to do it at the end because communion is more than the bread and the wine. We're gonna start with the bread. So everybody get your bread wet, ready. Hey, the bread represents his body here on the earth. Why did Jesus, Jesus come to the earth? He came to the earth so that we could connect with him better. He came to the earth so he could give our, his body so we could come into right relationship, righteousness before God. That's what communion is about. When you take this bread and the wine, it's not just about taking Jesus as Lord. It's about communion, being in relationship with he wants to be in a relationship with you. You're his bride. Are you willing 
to take communion worthily. As we take this bread, know that Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you. He wants to be real to you right now. He wants to show you his love right now. Are you ready to search for him? Are you ready to seek him, to learn his ways? Because he has done it all for you. So we're taking our bread now. Lord, we're taking this bread. It represents your body. The fact that you came down and became a man. You were God and all-powerful and almighty creator of all we know. You became a man to connect with us. You are our Lord and we are your bride. You love us. We thank you for that today, Lord. We take this bread now thanking you. We are your bride. Now he also took the wine and he said, take and drink, this is my blood given for you. Without the blood, we could not be free of sin. He made the payment. Lord, you freed us with your blood. All we have to do is accept it. So we take this wine now and we ask, Lord, is it not right for a person to know why they are bound? There is any way that we are bound by the enemy any sin that we need to turn from, anything we need to deal with, oh Lord, show it to us. For we accept your blood. We accept this wine, a token of your blood that was shed for us. We thank you that you bless it in your name. Now, we have a few questions. So I'm going to repeat once more the instructions on how to schedule. The Lord has asked that we wait until you complete the class 3015, your soul. He wants to make sure that you're free of those items in the first two courses before we do soul healing. That way it'll remain free. It won't, the enemy will not be able to come and get his place back. We want to clear some things out first. So if you are done with the first two courses in the academy, 101 and 201, that's foundations and remaining free, and you're, you've done all the way up to 301.5, your soul, inside that appointment is a place to schedule a visit. So if you're already past that, Go back, you can go back to that class, open it up, and there's a place to schedule an appointment. Also, if you're a graduate on agape-cf.org, there is a graduate page. If you've graduated from the academy, we've included you on the list to be able to access that page. If you get an error message, it means you're not on the list. If you have graduated and you get that error message, let us know, we'll look it up and we'll add you to the list, but we think we got everyone. So if you're a graduate, we have a special page of all the stuff just for you. We're adding more stuff to it all the time. That page is gonna be huge before the end because we've got some more stuff we're working on in, in development to add to your graduate page. If you're in on the team, you would go to the team page for appointments. And so you should know where that team page is um, click on a button that says appointments that takes you to the team appointment page and you'll schedule there. Now know that we have in the last probably two months, many of the appointments that people have with me for intercession have included soul healing. It has been quite a surprise. <laughs> um, so even if you just have an intercession appointment with us, and even if you're not all the way up to 3015, if the Lord so chooses, if he knows what you need to continue in the classes, to be able to continue studying and learning, if he knows you're being hindered beyond your ability to endure, he will do it sooner rather than later. It's up to him. We listen to him in appointments. So these are his guidelines. We've put the um, appointments where he's told us to, but in 
emergency intercession and regular intercession, sometimes there's a bit of soul healing there as well. We have to listen in to whatever he says. Do we go into the courts for charges? Is it a soul healing issue? What needs to be done? I hope that helps. Um, you find where you need to go. And of course, um, that soul healing article with the prayer, I will link to it in this article. So you can still get there if you want to know more about soul healing, I'll put it in the article. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all that you've done. We thank you, Lord, that is your desire for your bride to be healed. We thank you, Lord, that as they seek you, as they seek to come into alignment with your ways, that you will heal them. It might even happen before the class. Holy Spirit, you're able. You're able to walk them through whatever needs to be done. And we are your willing servants. We are willing to help. We thank you, Lord, for being the healer of the brokenhearted, for showing up in each appointment. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us, for helping the bride to be healed of any wound in her, in her soul so that she can stand bright and shining, so that she can visit with you face to face. In your name, the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, amen. Until next week, alone.